pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever, Lord God. Oh, that you could do the things, Lord God, that you did for others before, Lord. You do for us now, God. We just praise you, Lord. We thank you, God, that you are moving in this place today, Lord God. We honor you. We thank you, Lord, for your anointing today. Have you in the service, Lord God? Let us leave your change, God, because we've been in your presence, Lord. We honor you, Lord. We thank you, God. We praise you, Lord. Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Thank you, Judah. Hallelujah. 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 Children, you dismissed. You dismissed. Hallelujah. 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 Lord's good this morning, amen? Amen. Glad to be in the house of God this morning. Thank the Lord. God's so good. You know we serve a mighty God. Yes. Everybody agrees with that this morning. Yes. Yes. You know, we love to talk about how wonderful our our miracle-working God is, and, and love to talk about the power of our Almighty God. And, and truly, He is a mighty God. Word of God says he has all power in his hand. Nothing too hot for God to do. Amen. Any problem that you have right now or that you're going to have in the future is not too hard for God to solve. Any trouble that you find yourself in right now or in the future isn't too hard for God. He can fix it. Any situation that's relative to your unique set of circumstances in your life is not too big for God. He can deal with it. He can take care of it. It doesn't matter what the problem is. It doesn't matter what your need is. It doesn't matter what the situation is. Doesn't matter what the adversity that you're facing is. Why? Because God is a mighty God. Amen. Yes. Doesn't matter how strong the storm is. That storm may be blowing and it might be hard on you. Doesn't matter how strong that storm is. Doesn't matter how fierce the winds are blowing against you. Doesn't matter how high the floodwaters rise. Doesn't matter how bad it looks to everybody else around you. Doesn't matter how bad it looks to you. Because God is well able to meet your need. Hallelujah. In one second of time. 
He's a mighty, mighty God. Amen. If you have a financial need, no problem. If you have a need of healing, no problem. If you have a marital need, no problem. If you have a family need, no problem. If you need a salvation, no problem. Any need at all, it's no problem to our mighty God. Amen. Amen. We serve a mighty God and he is able. The word of God says these few things. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. Yes. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. It doesn't matter what it is. You can think of it. You can ask for it. God's able to do abundantly more than that. Amen. He is able to always cause us to triumph. He's able to always bring victory. Yes. Thank you. He's a mighty, mighty, powerful, awesome, Wonderful God. Yes. You believe that this morning? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So since we've established that, we understand how great God is and we understand that he is able to meet every need that we have, no matter what the need is. What about when the answer doesn't come right away? What happens when we get a different answer than we will, the one we want? What happens when we pray and things get worse instead of getting better? What happens when deliverance is delayed? we facing difficulties even when we're doing everything that God has told us that we need to do. <clears throat> when all those questions come, does it change the way that you look at God? Does it change your view of the mighty God that we serve? We've already said he's mighty and he's able and he's can do all these things, but does it change your view when these questions come? When the answer doesn't come, do we think differently about God? Exodus chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. This is a King James Version, starting in verse 22. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Lord, Wherefore hast thou so evilly entreated this people? Why is it that thou sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in thy name, he hath done evil to this people. Neither hast thou delivered thy people 
at all. So here it is, you know, Moses is lashing out at God. Moses goes and he talks to God. You know, he's been here and he's been trying to get the people set free. And, and every time he goes to talk to Pharaoh, Pharaoh does something worse to Israel. And he comes and he's talking to God and he's lashing out at God and he's mad at God. You ever get mad at God? Don't lie, you know you do. Because Moses goes and he talks to God because he's been doing what God has told him to do, but things have just gotten worse for Israel instead of better. God, I've done what you've told me to. I've gone and I've spoken to Pharaoh and I've told him to let my people go. But God, you haven't done anything. I've kept my part of the bargain. I came and I did what you told me to do. Now, God, why aren't you doing it? Why aren't you setting them free? Why aren't you letting them go? Why, why isn't Pharaoh doing these things? You still haven't delivered yet. You still haven't shown up yet, God. We're still waiting on you to do what you said you would do. Reminds me of another story in the Word of God. Lazarus was sick. And Mary and Martha sent to Jesus and sent word to him and said, Your friend, Lazarus is sick and he's going to die if you don't come. So the messenger comes and he goes back and he lets him know, Hey, I told him. And Jesus didn't go. So think about that. And hear the bitter cries of Mary and of Martha as they weep and as they mourn the death of their brother Lazarus. And they're thinking to themselves, Jesus, why haven't you come yet? They called, but he never came. now it's too late. Lazarus is dead. Mary's off in the corner somewhere. Lord, I just don't understand. I'm confused. You said you were his friend. We sent for you and you didn't come. Martha moans as she falls to her knees. Jesus, I thought you would come. You are a friend. And you know, there's times in our lives that we feel like our situations are just like that. Things appear to be dead in our life. It appears to be over and done. It appears that God's turned a deaf ear to our cries. Your dreams are dead. Looks like God has forgotten about you. You're desperate for an answer, but no answer's coming. You feel like it's too late for God to do anything about your situation. 
You feel just like Martha did when her brother died. Lord, you're too late. We get alone and we get in our our, our place by ourselves and we cry, God, where are you? You ever been in that place? God, where are you at? I serve you and I do the things that you've called me to do and I try to the best of my ability to serve you, God. Where are you? But the wind just picks up your cry and smacks it back in your face. You stagger along in the spirit like a drunk man just going from one thing hitting you to another thing hitting you and the enemy delivering punch and punch and bringing more adversity to you. Wait a minute. Take a look. Off in the distance, there's somebody walking your way. You're in the storm and you don't know what in the world's going on, but there's a figure coming in the storm. Walking on the stormy waters of your adversity. Hallelujah. You look down that rough and hard road that you're walking. You see something coming toward you. You see the promise walking down the road. There was a song several years ago, there's a promise coming down your dusty road. You know, the word of God says, I will look unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. My help is coming. Lift up your head for your redemption. Draw off nigh. It's not here yet. But guess what? It's on its way. It's almost here. You know that God does things well even in the middle of our disaster. God has his own plan. We have our own plan. We like to tell God, okay, God, this is the way that I want you to work this out for me. This is what would please me and make me happy. And God says, well, too bad because I have a better plan. And this is what it is. God has a better plan that you could ever come up with, and he has his own time clock that he works by. He doesn't work on your clock. He has a plan and a process for your life, for your deliverance. And God's never too late even when we think he is. He's still in charge. And guess what? He's still on your side. You can and you will eventually triumph over the battle that the enemy is putting your way. Over all the business of hell, you're going to triumph. You're going to have victory. But what do we have to do? We have to learn to wait patiently on the Lord, even when the answer hasn't come yet. When deliverance is delayed, 
Isaiah 40, 27 through 29 and verse 31 says this, Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel? My way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not? Neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Verse 31 says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. They that wait upon the Lord. You know, the word wait has two meanings. One is to be patient. And to be still. Wait on the Lord. But the other one is this. They that wait upon the Lord. God, what can I do for you today? God, is there anything that you need from me? Is there somebody that I can encourage today, God? Is there somebody that I can go and I can talk to, that I can witness to, that I can tell of your goodness today? Lord, let me wait on you. If you can just wait on the Lord a little while longer, he'll renew your strength. He'll bring encouragement to you. The answer hasn't arrived yet. But he'll renew your strength and give you the patience and the courage to wait. Why does God work the way he does? Because he's God. Not as plain as an answer as you're going to find. Because he's God. He has his own way. I don't know why he does the things that he does just because he is God but I do know this when I see him and when I stand before him when I get to see Jesus face to face you know what none of us going to matter Amen. Isaiah 55 8 through 11 says this for my thoughts are not your thoughts imagine that God don't think like you do Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word that go forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. God doesn't think the way you do. God doesn't plan things the way you do. But know this, that when his word comes forth and it goes out, it accomplishes what God sent it to do. All 
God's ways are higher than our ways. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He doesn't, he doesn't do things just like we would do them. He doesn't think like us, but there's one thing that we know about God, and that's his word. It's not going to return void. Going to accomplish that intended purpose. If God spoke to you and told you that he's going to do something in your life, trust it. I've told this a bunch of times. I've told it here a few times. When I first got saved and when I first felt like I was called to minister the word of God, I was praying and I asked God, okay, God, I need to know something. Give me a scripture. Just, just anything. He gave me a scripture out of Daniel that said, Daniel dreamed a dream. It was true. It will come to pass. But the time appointed was far off. Okay, God. I'll be patient and I'll wait. Guess what? I'm where that word was then. Sometimes it takes you a while to get where God wants you to be at. But once you get there, you'll know that you're home. Yes. In God's spirit. Amen? Amen. The word's going to accomplish its intended purpose. If God told you he's going to do something, count on it. He'll do it. And here's the thing. The storms of life come to everybody. Everybody has storms. Sometimes God calms the storm. Other times he gets in the boat with us and calms us and we just ride out the storm together. Your deliverance might be delayed, but it's on its way. You know, a lot of people look at the life of Paul and say, man, I wish I could be like Paul. No, you don't, you get wired. (laughs) And he was just a great man of God. I wish I could be more like Paul. Really. Let's look at it. Second Corinthians chapter one, verses eight through 10. For we would not brethren have you ignorant of our trouble. I don't want to be like Paul. Paul had trouble. Which came to us in Asia that we were pressed out of measure above strength insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raiseth the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver, in whom we must trust that he will yet deliver us. So guess what? Paul had trouble. Paul had so much trouble that it said he despaired of life. What's that mean? Lord, sometimes I wish I did. God, it'd be better to be with you than be in this mouse. Said that Paul had the sentence of death in him, but he trusted in the one who was able. To raise from the dead. And God delivered him. He trusted God that would deliver him again and again 
and again. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 through 10. We're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing, bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Here Paul is talking about death again. Paul had a rough life. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24 through 28. Of the Jews, five times, I received 40 stripes, same one. Thrice I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I've been in the deep, in journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness and watchings often, in hunger and thirst and fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides those things that are without that which cometh on, upon me daily, the care of the churches. Still won't be like Paul. You know, Paul was a man that was greatly used of God, but he suffered a lot. Paul suffered a lot of pain, but what brought him through was his attitude toward the pain. Why? Because he cared more about the glory that God would get out of the situation than he did worrying about the pain. That's how his pain was turned into pleasure. Why? Because it was the glory of God that was getting shown through everything that he went through, everything that happened in him. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given unto me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me. Lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It's not normal to take pleasure in infirmities and adversity. But the thing that Paul learned was that you got to trust in God. Despite what's going on, no matter what you're going through, you got to learn. He learned that it was the pain and the suffering that at times became the steadying influence in life. The heavy burdens can act sometimes as a ballast force. There was a man by the name of Dr. Thomas Lambie. He was a medical missionary in Africa. And at one time he was talking, he was telling the story about how he had crossed a lot of bridgeless 
and swift streams in Africa. And, and the danger in crossing those streams was you get caught up, carried by the water, taken downstream and smashed against the rocks and die. But as he, as he was there in Africa working, the natives that he had befriended told him, this is how you do it. You get the biggest rock that you can carry. And you put it on your shoulder and you walk across. That doesn't make any sense. Why would I struggle to, to carry this big rock? Because it's that big rock. It's the weight from that rock that keeps your feet planted on the bed of the river. And you make it across safely. And he came to this conclusion. While crossing the dangerous streams of life, the enemy constantly seeks to overthrow us and rush us down to ruin. We need the ballast of burden bearing, a load of affliction to keep us from being swept off our feet. Martin Luther, you know the guy that nailed the 99 Theses to the church door? He once said affliction is the best book in my library. Walter Knight tells a story of a man who went to see the Passion Play. And he came up to the actor, Mr. Lang, who played Christ in the Passion Play, and he asked, asked him, can I be photographed with you while I hold your cross? And the tourist stooped down and he tried to pick up the cross and he couldn't. It was too heavy. He exerted more energy, but he still couldn't get the cross up. He looked at Mr. Lang and he said, your cross is heavy. And the actor looked back at him, how can I play Christ with the light of the cross? It's the hard things that we go through that lift us up to heaven. Why is it that God allows trials and tests to come our way? Why does God allow pain that's so intense at times to come that it seems like it's even difficult to breathe? Why does God allow us to weep and to cry about the same crisis over and over again in our lives? And our pillows are wet with tears and we cry out and we, we wonder, okay, God, are you not listening? you get up and you go about your way the next day and you put a smile on your face and you deal with people that you come in contact with but inside you're broken and you're in pain so what can you do you're not in bad company Job went through some adversity you know the story Hagar went through a situation. <clears throat> Naomi went through some difficulty. Hannah went through a trying and dark time in her life. Jacob feared for his life when Esau was coming after him. David was surrounded by his own men that wanted to stone him. 
You say you want to be like Paul. Paul was stoned and left for dead. What do you do when you find yourself in that situation? What do you do? You trust in God. You continue to wait on the Lord. You continue to hold his hand even when you don't agree with the way that he's leading you. Okay, God, I'll go this way. I, I don't think this is the right way, God, but I'll go this way. Oh, we're going this way now. Okay, I'll go this way. we got to trust in God even when deliverance is delayed. 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Why did I go through this? Why does this got to happen to me? Well, I don't know about you, but sometimes if I'm not going through something, I don't pray like I should. Sometimes the suffering comes to remind us, hey, you need to reach out to God a little bit. You know, we don't want these things in our life. We don't want those times of suffering and pain in our life, but it's the trial and the adversity that will bring us to a place of purification. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trials. It's the fire that purifies the gold. It's the fire that purifies the soul. It's the bearing of the burden that will strengthen us to endure all the way to the end with, in our walk with the Lord. You know, it's easy for people without much invested in their Christian walk to backslide. And walk away from God. But people who have something invested. They've sold out to God. And they'll hold on no matter what's going on. They'll hold on all the way to the end. And they've been through the fire. They've been through the flood. They've been through the storms. They've been through difficulties. They've been through adversities. And the trying of their faith has brought about a quality in them that's as pure as gold. 1 Peter 5.10 But the God of all grace who hath called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish strengthen and sell you. God's wanting to do some things in your life. In that verse it says, after you suffered a while, God wants to perfect you. He wants to establish you. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to settle you. When you've gone through some things, when the storm comes, you understand what the storm is. And those people that are panicking and and ready to jump out of the boat. Y'all calm down. I've been there before. I've been through the storm. I know that God is ready and he's able to calm it. And if he doesn't calm it, then he's able to calm me so we can go through it. You know, the story of Elijah and the widow, you know, 
Elijah went to the widow and the widow cares for the prophet. She feeds him, then her son dies. And then when the prophet comes back to see her, she's sitting there and she's holding her dead son. And she asked him, why'd you come to me? Did you come here to bring my sins up before me, to, to punish me, to kill my son? Well, I just took, just took the boy and went to his room. Restored him back to life. How long the wait for that little boy to come back must have been for that widow. No matter how short of a time it was, actually, how long it must have been to her. And how long does the time seem that we're waiting for God to move and for God to answer in our lives? What do we do during the delay? How do we make it through? We know there's going to be delays. How do we get through it? Isaiah 35 and 4. Say to them that are of a for heart, be strong. Fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. Even God with a recompense, he will come and save you. Isaiah 41, 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Isaiah 43, 1 through 5. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I give thee Egypt for a ransom, Ethiopia and Saba for, for thee. Since thou was precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore I will give men for thee and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. What do we do when we write? We trust God. Psalms 23, 1 through 6. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God wants to take care of us. Deuteronomy 20, verses 3 and 4. And shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, ye approach this day unto battle against your enemies. Let not your heart faint. Fear not, do not tremble, neither be ye terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Psalms 27, 1 through 6. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? 
The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and foes, came upon me to eat upon my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should rise against me, and this will I be confident. One thing of the desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, get that? In the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Psalms 46, 1 through 7. We'll wrap this up. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. When deliverance is delayed, keep trusting in God. You know we serve a mighty God this morning? Yes. Amen. Amen. You still believe that? Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father God, we'll thank the Lord for the opportunity you've given us to come to your house, Lord. Mighty God, remind us, Lord God, that when, Lord, deliverance is delayed, Lord, just await on you, God. Father, to trust in you and believe you because we know that you have a great plan for us, Lord. God, that you're watching over us and you're keeping us, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, that deliverance will come. God, we glorify your name. We give you praise. We thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. God bless you all today. Hallelujah. Anybody get anything out of that this morning? Amen. God is a mighty God. Yeah. He is well able. Before we leave this morning, uh, the Lord instructed Pastor Ed and myself because I heard the same. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you, and remember, Jesus is Lord.